Music with Message on the Messenger of Good News worldwide at KFUO.org. AM850 here in the St. Louis region. It's time now for our moment in creation uh, during this Midday Moments program. I'm Gary Duncan, and on the phone with me is Pastor Warren Worth of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold, Missouri. Good afternoon, Pastor Worth. Good afternoon, Gary. You know, we haven't talked about the Scopes Monkey Trial in a while. Let's talk about that kind of rhyme, didn't it? Let's talk about that. Okay, it would be timely to talk about that because it took place in July of 1925. The actual dates were July 10 to July 21. In the year 1925, it took place in the little town of Dayton in Tennessee. Imagine that, that a complete trial, uh, including the selection of the jury, could take place in just 12 days, and this was the trial of the century, and thousands of people stood in the hot uh, sun in uh, Tennessee in July of 1925 to see how this thing would proceed. So what was the Scopes Monkey Trial all about? You know, a lot of our listeners may only be familiar with it because of the movie Inherit the Wind. Now, that's unfortunate because that movie really doesn't uh, tell the story correctly. And uh, I would urge our listeners, if they really want to know what went down with the Scopes Monkey Trial, that they would uh, check out at AnswersInGenesis.org. Dr. David Menton has a piece called Inherently Wind, playing a pun there on the title of the movie, Inherently Wind. And he does a very thorough job telling you the whole history of what took place and the significance of it. There are a number of other articles also at Answers in Genesis that give you uh, uh, abbreviated versions of it. One of those is entitled, The Scopes Trial Settled the Question of Evolution. Now that's making that a statement, and it's one of a dozen uh, arguments on the part of people who believe in evolution that is wrong, and so it's refuted in this piece called uh, uh, Argument Number 11, The Scopes Trial Settled the Question of Evolution in a feature called Refuting Common Evolutionist Claims. So again, the who, what, when, where, and why. So 1925, Dayton, Tennessee, and uh, what was going on was that the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, was alarmed that something like 20 states were passing laws against the teaching of human evolution in public schools. Tennessee was one of those states. They passed the Butler Act, which forbade the teaching of in public schools that man was descended from lower order of animals. And so they were looking for a test case that they could take to court. So they happened upon this man by the name of John Scopes, who was actually a math teacher and football coach, not a biology teacher, but he substituted the last couple of weeks of school and in a biology class. And so they said, you'll do. And he agreed to be the test case as long as they were going to pay his expenses and so forth. He wasn't sure that he had even taught evolution, but the textbook that was used in that biology class did, and that was good enough for them. So that was the basis of the trial, that he would be put on trial for teaching evolution in a public school against the law of the state of Tennessee. So who were the main uh, proponents or the two main uh, people in the the trial? Well, you had uh, Williams Jennings Bryan, 
who was on the prosecution, and he was a well-known politician, a so-called Bible-believing Christian, who also uh, was very big in politics, and he was going to press the case of the prosecution that Scopes had violated the Butler Act by teaching evolution, human evolution, in public school. The defense attorney was uh, Clarence Darrow, who was uh, an atheist or agnostic and uh, quite a character in his own right as well. And so he was going to defend Scopes against the charges. And in the end, uh, Scopes was convicted of being guilty of this uh, the fine was $100, which today would be like $1,500 for a fine, which the ACLU was going to take care of anyway. And then his case was appealed to the Tennessee Supreme Court and was overturned. The verdict was overturned uh, on a technicality. So that's uh, the short story on that. Uh, Again, when you read these articles and answers in Genesis, they help us realize uh, what was really going on. Because often in the public mind, the idea was this was a trial between fundamentalist Christianity versus science, teaching the truth that we know from science about evolution. And that's often the way this is uh, portrayed. And uh, it's unfortunate that people have a pretty wrong idea about what really is going on. So, first of all, John Scopes was not really a biology teacher, and he wasn't put in jail over this. That's something that people sometimes think. Again, he was a football coach and a math teacher. He only substituted for a couple of weeks in the biology class and wasn't sure he had taught evolution, but it was good enough to be the test case which uh, the ACLU was looking for. Another misconception that people have is that... Um, the, the participants and the onlookers at the Scopes trial were narrow-minded and bigoted. And uh, that's not true either, even though it's portrayed that way in the movie Inherit the Wind. Uh, Darrow, Clarence Darrow himself said that uh, he had never been treated better or kindlier or more hospitably uh, than he was there. So everybody there was very kind and courteous to him. Even the judge at one time who had to cite Darrow for contempt of court when Darrow apologized, the judge forgave him and shared the gospel with him explicitly in the courtroom. So that's not something you would see going on today. Another misconception people have is that all the arguments that were used in the Scopes trial that prove evolution is true would be something that evolutionists would still use today. And that's not true either. They were giving examples of like Piltdown Man, which we now know is a hoax, vestigial organs, embryonic recapitulation, uh, stages of human development, all of which don't hold water as evidence for evolution. So the evolution that the evidence for evolution that was used at the trial and that was came out in the movie that convinces many people isn't really good evidence for evolution anyhow. So all those things are you can find out more about it answers in Genesis and they give you the complete rundown on why those things do not hold root uh, water. They don't stand up to scrutiny uh, when one examines them. Now, was the trial the trial itself? Was it not? It wasn't really trying to prove evolution, was it? Wasn't more of a trial? I mean, I'm sure that that's probably part of their intention. But the trial itself was just to prove that it, it shouldn't be illegal to teach evolution, right? Well, so the the trial was that. Did this man teach evolution in violation of the Butler Act? And should That's it be a the crime? Trial was yeah. Should that be and a so crime? Was, did he do this or did he not do this? Mm -hmm. But of course, it was being used 
not only to try to overthrow that law and similar laws in other states so that you could not have laws by the states to forbid the teaching of human evolution in public schools, but um, they, they wanted to make it also a trial between uh, fundamentalist Christianity, or we might say Bible-believing Christianity, mm-hmm. versus so-called science, which teaches molecules to man evolution. So that's how it often was portrayed, because that was kind of the intent behind it from the standpoint of, like, Clarence Darrow, who didn't believe the Bible, who doesn't believe Christianity. And Williams Jennings Bryan foolishly allowed himself to be put on the witness stand and be examined by Darrow. I mean, who ever heard of that? That the prosecuting attorney gets examined by the defense attorney and questioned about his biblical beliefs. I mean, this was really silly. That that had no place in that at all. And for much of the examination, Williams Jennings Bryan did at least take a correct view of biblical authority and the truth of the Bible, even though uh, Darrow was scoffing at miracles and so forth. But Williams Jennings Bryan himself messed up because when he was pressed on the matter of a six-day creation and a young earth, he caved. He didn't believe in human evolution, but he did believe in long ages and geological long ages. And so he, he said that maybe the six days were not really six days, allowing uh, for some reinterpretation of the biblical text, which basically made the rest of his argument crumble. Right. So that was that was really a sad thing there. Uh, and in the end, Darrow said he, he allowed his client to, to be convicted. So rather than pressing for a, a victory and an exoneration of Scopes, he said, okay, go ahead and convict him, because he had already accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. So that's kind of a silly thing there, too. Okay. The legal part of it was to, to try to make it not a crime, but the underlying was really just to debate the uh, evolution theory. Yeah, the merits of evolution mm-hmm. versus believing the Bible as being right. true, uh, including the account in the Bible of the creation of Adam and Eve, the fall into sin, and so forth. I know we don't have a lot of time to, to delve into this more deeply, so again, I would urge our listeners who have questions about this to go to answersingenesis.org, and uh, in the search field, the Scopes trial, and you know, there's lots of articles they can check out on this so they get the rest of the story. But for us as Christians, it comes down to this, you know, a couple of things. First of all, who should be in charge of children's education? That's a hot topic even today. Because over 90% of Christians still send their kids to public schools, and public schools are not what they were in 1925, okay? Things have gone downhill a lot in terms of what is taught there. Certainly in biology classes, science classes, they're going to teach only evolution, and no other idea would be allowed there. And often in public schools, you may know this from personal experience, Christians are ridiculed for believing what the Bible teaches on anything, but especially on the Bible's account of creation. That often happens openly, that Christians are openly ridiculed for believing the Bible. Uh, So I think Christians ought to take to heart, you know, who should be in charge of a child's education? Should we have taxpayer-funded 
religious education. You know, they, while they did, wanted to get the Bible out of public schools, we have essentially a state-sponsored religion, and it's secular humanism, and it's taught in public schools as fact. And and the competition, including Christianity, is publicly ridiculed in schools. I think that's something that all our listeners need to take to heart and think about as they think about the education of their children and grandchildren, mm-hmm. and to make sure that we, as Christians, stand up and uh, either make sure that public schools don't do that, or take our children out of public school and find alternative ways to teach them the truth of God's Word so that they're not subjected to uh, this false religion in public schools. Uh, Another thing that comes out of this is, does it matter whether we believe a six-day creation and uh, young earth as the Bible teaches? And actually, it does make a difference, and the the people at Answers in Genesis can give you the rundown. These articles do a really good job of explaining why that matters. The long and short of it is, as soon as you can get people to doubt the opening chapters of Genesis, the first domino has fallen. The Mm -hmm. devil is trying to get people to doubt creation, Adam and Eve, and the fall, and eventually the big one is you want people to not believe in Jesus. The devil doesn't want you to believe in Jesus. What I was going to say is original sin goes right out the window if you start doubting the very first chapter. So There you go. Yeah, There you go. Ultimately, it takes your eyes off Jesus, like you said. So that's so true. And some, from the beginning of the Bible, you know, we know where we came from, that God created us, what went wrong, that we disobeyed God and fell into sin. And already in Genesis, you have the first promise of the Savior, Jesus, who would be the seed of the woman who would come to crush the serpent's head and thus bring salvation to us so that we would not die eternally, but could have eternal life by God's grace through faith in Jesus, the Son of God who died for us and rose again. So that's that's the big one. Right. And then the final point in this article is what happens to culture when it rejects its creator. And I would say just look around you and you'll see the fact that we can't even say that somebody who is born male stays male, and somebody that's born female stays female, that humans cannot change that, that's ridicule today. And that's insane mm-hmm. that something as obvious and true as that cannot be accepted. And so that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that could be said about how public morality has has uh, declined because people reject what the truth of God's Word is. Yeah. So may God help us as parents, as grandparents, as Christians, to stand up and speak the truth in love to those around us and to do everything we can to influence the next generation to believe God's Word and not to be deceived by the lies that are often taught as fact uh, in the public realm. Can you lead us in a quick prayer as we wrap up this segment? I would be happy to. Let us pray. O Word of God incarnate, O wisdom from on high, O truth unchanged, unchanging, O light of our dark sky, we praise Thee for the radiance that from the hallowed page a lantern to our footsteps shines on from age to age. O make Thy church, dear Savior, a lamp of burnished gold to bear before the nations Thy true light as of old. O teach Thy wandering pilgrims by this their path to trace till clouds and darkness ended they see Thee face to face. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor. You're welcome. We are the messenger of good news, proclaiming Christ for you in word and song, KFUO.